G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Conventional wisdom is everyone should serve me. Conventional wisdom is I'm entitled. You owe me. Take care of me. I don't want to apply myself. I just want everything to come my way. Pastor Greg Laurie says believers are called to do the opposite. We're not called to be served, but to be servants. Biblical teaching says no. Put the needs of others first. Serve others. And here's a little secret many of us miss. There's more joy in serving than there is in being served. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins Ever been frustrated with some new gadget? You just can't get it to work as advertised you flipped every switch, pushed every button, twisted every knob, and nothing. Then, in utter desperation, you read the instructions and realize doing it their way made it easier. Well, God has a set of instructions for life. And today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie opens up one of the most pivotal books of the Bible to see that living life God's way sure makes things a lot easier. Now we come to a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Paul did not start this church, but he was writing to them. Now let me ask you a question. Can you think of maybe the most important letter you've ever received? I remember probably one of the most important letters I ever received was when I was a little boy and I was a budding cartoonist. That's what I wanted to do with my life, to have a cartoon strip. I had my own cartoon characters. And I sort of lived in this little alternate world. And I started corresponding with Charles M. Schultz. Ever heard of him? The creator of Peanuts. Now he was at the peak of his popularity in the 60s when I was writing him. And he was so kind to write me back. And I would send him a letter and expect a response. And amazingly this famous cartoonist took the time to write me. I asked him stupid questions. I asked him to critique my art like he didn't have something else to do. And then even more, I asked him for free stuff. I said, can I have an original piece of art that you use in this trip? And he sent it to me. (laughs) And I lost it. (laughs) And the other day I was in some hotel and they had like an art gallery and they had original art by Schultz and they had one of those original cartoon strips. It was worth thousands of dollars. (laughs) And I looked at it and in the immortal words of Homer Simpson, I said, dope. He was so kind though, sending me signed things and very generous man. And I remember when I would get that letter from him and had a little drawing of Charlie Brown on the outside. His name, Charles M. Schultz. And he lived in Coffee Lane, Sebastopol, California. I thought, ooh, Coffee Lane. It just sounded so mysterious. And I would get this letter, a letter from Charles M. Schultz. I'd open it up, I'd read it, I'd reread it again. It was like a letter from heaven. Well, you know what? The book of Romans actually is a letter from heaven to all of us. 
written by Paul. All right, so let's dig in. Romans chapter one. I'm gonna read a few verses to you. Paul, a bondservant, you might underline the word bondservant, of Jesus Christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God which he promised through his prophets and the Holy Scripture concerning the son Jesus Christ who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. You might underline that, we'll come back to it. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, you might underline that too. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. So Paul was Southern, see? <laughs> he thanks Jesus Christ for y'all all y'all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, verse nine, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request, if by some means now at least I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. We'll stop there. If you want a personal Jesus revolution, learn how to be a servant. Look at verse one. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. This is significant because he was the great one. He was the desired one. He was the educated one. Now he's just Paul, humble, small. And he calls himself a bondservant. Yes, he's an apostle, but a bondservant. Now, with all the slaves in Rome, he was in a way speaking their language. See, a bondservant was someone who was a slave who had been freed by his master but then went on to voluntarily continue in service as a slave or a special category, a bond servant. Paul says, I'm a bond servant of Jesus. I love to do this. It is my choice to do this and I want to do this. You know, if only we could discover the joy of serving others. Conventional wisdom is everyone should serve me. Conventional wisdom is I'm entitled you owe me. Take care of me. I don't want to work. I don't want to apply myself. I just want everything to come my way. And biblical teaching says, no, put the needs of others first. Serve others. And here's a little secret many of us miss. There is great joy in serving people. In fact, there's more joy in serving than there is in being served. Even Jesus said he did not come to be served, but to serve. Did you know that Studies have been done that show that serving others brings personal happiness. Americans who describe themselves as very happy volunteer at least five hours a month. One study showed that older individuals who volunteered at least 200 hours a year decreased their risk of hypertension by a whopping 40%. Studies have also shown that those that help others live longer, learn to serve, serve in some way, shape, or form. Listen, every Christian is called to do or be something for God's glory. Let me say that again. Every Christian is called to do or be something for God's glory. In verse six, Paul says, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. I think sometimes we think people who are in what we might call professional ministry are sort of the elite. Oh, he's the pastor. Oh, he's an assisting pastor. Oh, they work at the church. Oh, they're a worship leader. Or they're a missionary. They're really serving God. I'm just out here in the regular old 
work for us. I can't bring glory to God. Oh yes you can. Every Christian can and must bring glory to God. That's my number one priority, to know God and bring glory to His name. My number two priority is to be a good husband and a good father and a good grandfather. By the way, that's even before my ministry as a pastor. Because if I'm not a good husband, father, how good of a pastor could I actually be? So we have to keep our priorities in order. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, in our opening message of a series in the book of Romans, Pastor Greg is offering up the best ways to do God's will, God's way. Let's continue. Then we have our calling. And God gives His gifts to every believer. In Romans we read, We being many are one body in Christ, everyone members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace it has given to us. I already told you, I never wanted to be a preacher. Do you believe me when I say that? I wanted to be a cartoonist like Charles M. Schultz. And I wanted to live at Coffee Lane too. Because it sounded cool. But you see, that was not what God had in store for me. In fact, it's funny because I, I mentioned to someone some years ago, I was a cartoonist, and they said, well, good, because my car's broken. Can you fix it? I, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not that kind of a cartoonist. I draw silly drawings, some paper. I can't tune a car. In fact, I'm the last guy you want looking under your hood because it'll be a, a sad result for sure. No, you don't need Greg, a preacher, by the will of God. You need Jack an auto mechanic by the will of God. Or let's say you're having issues with your teeth. You need David, a dentist, by the will of God. You don't want me in there with a drill, trust me. <laughs> and I went to the dentist recently and they did quite a few things to me and I was slightly terrified because I hadn't been for a while and I hate those drills and they say it won't hurt but it always hurts but it didn't hurt. Thank God, hallelujah. <laughs> and he's a believer and he glorifies God with that skill set. A business can glorify God. A businessman, rather, and a business. You know, that, that can be a calling from the Lord. Uh, there's a man named Steve Green, and his wife is Jackie, and they run Hobby Lobby. Ever heard of Hobby Lobby? So I actually interviewed them because they wrote a book about the Bible, and, uh, and they're very successful business. They make a lot of money, and they also donate millions and millions of dollars to ministries around the world and they built the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. that you can go and visit now. And I think that's fantastic. You can go to our nation's capital and see all these monuments and other things. And now we have a Museum of the Bible. And they've taken their abilities and used them for God's glory. So maybe you're not called to preach, but you can make money. That's a gift. Use that for God's glory as well. Whatever you're called to do. Paul says, verse one, I'm separated unto the gospel. What does that mean? Gospel means good news. By the way, it doesn't mean good advice. <laughs> Jesus did not come to improve our life. He came to save our life. Again, to reiterate, if we learn nothing else from the book of Romans, we learn we're sinful. This is good news. And then verse seven, called to be saints. Have you ever wondered what a saint looks like? Look no further. Here I am. <laughs> I'm a living, breathing saint. You might say, well, I'm pretty disappointed. Well, guess what? I'm looking at a bunch of living, breathing saints right now. All y'all. 
We're all saints. Because what is this saint? It's not a person who's performed a miracle or two or, or a person that lives a perfect life. A saint is just another word for a believer. So when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you become a bona fide, legitimate, biblical saint. You don't have to call me Saint Gregory, but you can if you want. <laughs> I heard about a little boy that liked to admire the stained glass windows at his church depicting St. Peter, St. Paul, St. John. One day he was in Sunday school and the teacher asked, who are the saints? The little boy said, they're people that the light shines through. Yeah, he had that right. So when God's light shines through you, you're a saint. Okay, one last point and we'll close. If you want a personal Jesus revolution, you need to learn how to pray. If you want a personal Jesus revolution, a revival, you need to learn how to pray. Look at verse nine. God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. The thing about prayer is it puts me in touch with God. Here's the question. When things are going reasonably well, if there's no crisis, no problem on the horizon, do we pray as much as we ought to as Christians? I'll personalize that and answer it for you. Do I pray as much as I ought to as a Christian? Ready for the answer? No, I don't. I could pray a lot more. And I think some of you would probably say the same thing. We could pray a lot more. And so when crisis hits, what's our first inclination? It is to say, God, take this problem away. And sometimes he does, doesn't he? And then other times he doesn't take it away, but the reality is that problem, that difficulty, keeps me in touch with God. It keeps me dependent upon God, and it keeps me praying without ceasing. I mean, Paul says, without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. And then we're told in Scripture, pray without ceasing, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ concerning you. It's like, how is that even possible? Pray without ceasing? I have a life. I have to go to work. I have to drive on the freeway to get to work. I have to do a lot of things in life. I can't just pray all day. Why not? It doesn't mean you have to be on your knees with your eyes closed. You can do it that way. It's not just a prayer before a meal or a prayer with other believers. It's just living in prayer, living in communion with God. You know, I love how my grandkids always bust me when we forget to pray. It's like their little mission in life. <laughs> now even Christopher, who's only five, did it the other night. We're getting ready to eat. And he says, Papa, yes, you forgot to pray. That's very true. All right, Christopher, why don't you lead us in prayer? I don't want to. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> he just wants to bust us. He doesn't want to do the prayer part, right? Yeah, we don't always pray as much as we ought to, but it's the idea of calling on the Lord. Listen, when you're in your vehicle, cruising down the freeway, and you're cursing the traffic, right? And why do I have to be in the freeway for two hours a day, and for some even longer? It says, miserable. Did it ever occur to you your car could become a sanctuary? A place to hear the Word of God? A place to worship the Lord, a place to pray. Just keep your eyes open. But you know, it can be. The Bible talks about Elijah who went into the court of the most powerful man in the world, King Ahab. And Elijah said, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there will not be rain, but according to my word. Basically, Elijah recognized wherever he was, he was in God's presence. You're not closer to God when you're in a building like this. 
You can be close to God wherever you go. Why? Because the dwelling place of God is with us. You're the temple. He's in you. So you too can pray without ceasing. Let me close with this. Paul uses that word gospel. What does the word gospel mean? Again, it means good news. Here's the good news. God loves you. Here's the bad news. You're separated from God by your sin. Here's the good news. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sin. And then He rose again from the dead three days later. And if I will respond to Jesus Christ, I can be forgiven of all of my sin. Listen, you can have a personal Jesus revolution today. Because you need Jesus. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about Christ. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. And there's a big difference. Is Jesus living in you? You say, well, I don't know. How would I know? Do you think if someone just moved into your house in the middle of the night, you'd be aware of their presence? Bunch of unwashed dishes. <laughs> who messed up the sofa? Who, who, who's, who's here? You'd know. Because they're cooking fish all night, right? Or whatever. <laughs> this is probably an analogy that breaks down quickly. But here, I think you know where I'm going. If Jesus Christ is living inside of you, He's not cooking fish and making a mess. That's where it breaks down. But if Jesus is living in you, you'll know He's there. And if you don't know that He's there, maybe He isn't living in you. Would you like him to? Would you like him to forgive you of your sin and become your savior and your Lord? That can happen right now because Jesus who died and rose again stands at the door of your life and he knocks and says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Let's all bow our heads. Father, I pray now for every person here, every person listening and watching, wherever they are, help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you Help them to believe in you, we pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those who want to make a change today in their relationship with the Lord. If you'd like to make that kind of change today, Pastor Greg will help you with that now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart, and it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need, or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus, but maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior, as God, as friend? I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter, because God's Word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it, or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, 
that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you as you follow the Lord, we'd like to send you some materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have, and it contains that New Believers New Testament Pastor Greg just mentioned a few moments ago. So get in touch and ask for it. Call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Join us next time for A New Beginning as Pastor Greg brings us important insight on personal evangelism and the key role it plays in bringing the next great spiritual awakening to our culture. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Jesus Revolution, 58 AD. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.